0: Hi Janina. Hi Emma. How, are you? how are you doing? I'm good. I'm really excited to say hello to you for the second time in a row because Garageband fucked up on me. It just wants us to keep saying hello to each other. It's okay. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, now nobody has so to listen to me complaining about my cold. So um, we got that out of the way. We did get that out of the way. We've t- spoken about that, and the people don't need to know. No, it's fine. Everybody. How are you, Janina? That's a more important question. I'm okay. I'm just uh, run down. have a lot of work on at the moment. So I haven't had a day off in a in a wee while. That's what happens to when To be honest, I won't get a, one. I think my next one will be next Sunday. So I'm like a week away from
1: rest. You're a talented woman who's in demand. It's a uh, burden you have to bear.
0: <laughs> this is, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, two weeks ago I was complaining about the fact that I didn't have any work or any money. And now I am... Now you've got too much. I, I mean, not too much money.
1: <laughs> Just rolling around
0: in gold coins like Scrooge McDuck. I know. <laughs> it's like over there in that there, London. <laughs> yeah, I can't hide from you. Yep. Anyway,
1: who are we and what are we doing here? So we are Janina and Emma, and we are talented, excellent women who know history. And <laughs> we are here to show everybody how history is sexy. Yay! 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 And this week, we are talking about redheads in history, so it's extremely sexy.
0: That is very sexy. It's
1: super sexy, as it turns out. I may have gone in the notes a bit overboard in <laughs> the use of adjectives. I realised <laughs> as I was writing it that I was potentially getting a bit carried away. But yeah, so I it's, mean, it's a good one. What 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 else are we here for by getting carried away about sexy things? About sexy things. Not a lot. It's in the title. I feel like you know what you're going to get yeah. if you into this like history is sexy yeah yeah and this is a question from jennifer who the rest of her name i haven't written down so jennifer (laughs) thank you for the question the question was would you consider doing an episode on redheads in history and the answer to that is yes yes (laughs) so that's the end of this episode uh (laughs) thank you all for listening yeah and it turns out that there's a lot of like weird myths about redheads yeah a lot a lot like a lot and there's a lot of websites for people with red. Hair.
0: <laughs> so many. Everything that turns up is just like someone someone going off because they have a whole website about red here and they decide to do a blog post about history. Yeah. None of which is verified or verifiable. Or, uh, I found a lot of things that are like these people in ancient times believed this and I was like please may I have a source. They never because want
1: they never ever they, have a source.
0: I spent a, a huge amount of time Reading up on the goddess Inanna of ancient Sumeria because Pop Sugar claimed that she had red hair. I couldn't find a reference to that anywhere else.
1: No. So... I I think people make these things up.
0: Yeah. But there's a lot of, like, weird blogs
1: about red hair. Yeah. And, like, a lot of books about being a redhead and just about the existence of it,
0: basically. (laughs) And... Like, I guess that's what you get when you're a tiny percentage of the population. No one's ever writing endless books and websites about having black hair because almost
1: everyone Yeah, has black a lot hair. of people have black hair. Mm. But
0: yeah, but that's the thing. And also
1: occasionally like kind of groups. There's a festival for people with red hair in the Netherlands. See, I never get a festival. No one's ever given like mousy brown haired people a festival. No. <laughs> yeah, it, it's called Redhead Days and it's in the Netherlands in August. And neither of us can go because neither of us have red hair. But if you do go, then you get to get into theme parks and museums for free if you've
0: got red hair. I wonder if they make you do a test to prove that your but hair is natural, naturally red. Maybe. Mm. There's like red-headed quizzes
1: and things and <coughs> picnics and all kinds of things. So if you're a red-headed person and you wish to also hang out with people with whom the only thing you have in common is the colour of your hair... <laughs> which maybe you do um, or the fact that you have like this weird recessive gene
0: yeah yeah
1: i found it a really good thing from 1983 so i was like trying to find books on this basically or articles or anything mm-hmm. and there's one <laughs> precisely one uh but i did find a guy from 1983 mm-hmm. called uh stephen douglas who is an american mm-hmm. who uh from i believe california who got like really overexcited about starting a support group for people with red hair and it's <laughs> <That's> really sweet <laughs> he published a, a, a book um called redheads international and then he started like a, a little support group called redheads international uh in which he aimed to um unite all redheads to promote their identity and for i
0: do I have met multiple redheaded people who were in relationships with other redheaded people and just inordinately proud of themselves and smug about the fact that they'd managed it.
1: So what, to find a like, redhead who fancied them. To
0: find another redhead so that they could propagate the species, presumably of redheads. Well, I suppose and keep it alive because it's a recessive gene. It is a recessive. Low gene. percentage of people and. Yeah, but the... Uh, I mean, I don't think seriously, I think they were mostly joking, but, you
1: know, <laughs> it was there. It was there. <laughs> the best thing about this article, though, is that it just says carrot tops are coming up all over, which I found very, very <laughs> funny.
0: But the thing is, is that carrot tops are
1: green. They are green. They're not orange at all. No, But yeah, he originally was hoping to start like a redheaded owned businesses that would offer club member (laughs) discounts to other redheaded people. I don't know. I could not find any modern trace of Stephen, but I hope he's still going somewhere, plugging away. He's doing well. So yeah, it's like a real identity thing, which is fair enough because as it turns out, uh, it's been kind of shit to be a redhead throughout history.
0: Yeah, not been treated well
1: a lot of the time, turns out. No, basically because there's not very many of them. There's only like 2 to 4% of the population.
0: Yeah, so it's like classic tribalism, right? Fear of the outsider. Exactly. You're different, you can't be trusted. They, they're an other, and they're an other who pop up among us. And, therefore, and it turns out humans are bad and mean to people. So
1: mean. Humans are rubbish.
0: Humans are rubbish. Should we go
1: through some of the weirdo myths just to start them? Yeah, let's do it. Because they're really good. My (laughs) favourite one, which like fully blew my mind, uh, is a very modern one. And it's this myth that people with red hair are more resistant to pain medication. So they're more resistant (laughs) to um, anaesthesia and they need loads more. And this comes from a study, which I found because I found this in the New York Times and then was like, "Uh, Mm -hmm. what the fuck? Yeah, it sounds wild. It sounds like bullshit to me. Um, And it comes from this study from 2004 where they tested 20 women, 10 with bright red hair and 10 with dark hair, and gave them anesthesia and then kind of prodded them to see what happened, basically.
0: (laughs) A study of 20 does not seem academically rigorous. It's not enormous. (laughs) No. I don't think there's a sample size that you can rest any conclusions on safely. But what they decided that they discovered was that
1: they well basically they gave them loads of anesthesia and then poked them with (laughs) mild electric shocks (laughs) and then if they moved then they were given more anesthesia until they Stop moving,
0: basically. She's <laughs> <Just laughs> A plus ethics. I think we can all agree. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Don't sign up for medical tests.
1: And what they found was that the people with red hair had needed much more uh, mm-hmm. anesthesia before they stopped moving. <laughs> but and then this study has been cited like a million times and if you read the internet and even in the book the one book on like the history of red hair that I found cites it as well and she's a red-headed woman and she says we need more anesthesia than anybody else
0: and then it turns out that that's totally a lie this is a problem right I was listening to something recently some podcast or other I do that that was talking about it was with an interview with a librarian I think who was talking about basically cataloging things and how people decide what to catalog and what to s- treat as important and it's like solely how many other people have mentioned this thing That's yeah the only metric it doesn't even go into have they mentioned it to say like, positively or negatively yeah. sound or this is a pile of rubbish so it's just things build up these reputations solely on repetition even like that Oh, that's what they were talking about. Actually, they were talking about internet and SEO, and yeah. like that is how SEO works. A page is deemed more valuable if a lot of people link to it, regardless of what they're saying about it. But that is founded on like academic citations and the way they also work, yeah. which is wild. And I feel like we should have come up with a better system for this point. <laughs> And yet we haven't. No. No. Yeah. Like, you get stuff
1: like a lot of people citing a study in order to say it's rubbish is still citations. So, it all will. Yeah.
0: So, it improves the respect given to their original thing. Yeah. Um, so, they have retested this and found
1: that it's bullshit. Like, with an actual decent sample size like <laughs> of hundreds of people. And they found no evidence that having this one gene that just changes the colour of your hair and gives you freckles. We could find no evidence that a patient's natural hair colour meaningfully affects anaesthetic requirements, which I felt like I could have probably told you.
0: <laughs> but yeah. here we go. We will need to get better at chasing the sources. Yeah. Like that, I this is I was just saying that I was part of the problem because have you seen that tweet going around about Corona beers? Oh, that people won't buy it. 38% of Americans won't drink Corona beer. Which is also bullshit. And the actual study was like a marketing research thing that just said, "Would you <laughs> like it was a beer company researching, would you drink Corona? Yeah. Like not.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. They always are. It's like that one that went around with about like 60% of men between the ages of 20 and 40 who fly, go on stag do's or something. It turned out to be, <laughs> be like a stag do company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and it's, it's all nonsense. It's such nonsense. Research before you retweet, folks. Yeah, always read the actual thing. (laughs) Don't just go by the weird quote that someone has taken out of it. Yeah. That's our lesson for today.
0: That is our lesson for today and every day that we constantly need to relearn over and over again because we're all rubes.
1: Anyway, all right, another good myth. I quite like, which is a good Christian myth, and I do love a good early Christian myth about weird sex, is that <laughs> um, people were born with red hair because their parents had sex while the mother was menstruating.
0: That seems biologically unlikely. <laughs> <laughs> you can see how they got there, though.
1: Yeah. That's the thing I like about that one. Yeah. like You can see how you could kind of jump from one to the other.
0: Kind of, although the colour of red hair is not particularly close to the colour of menstrual blood. It's not similar, but yeah. But you can you can kind of see the link, I guess. I guess so.
1: It's very much linked to the idea that if you had sex at the wrong time, which was all the time, then your babies would be wrong. Your babies would be deformed in some way. Yeah. Mm. Another belief is that redheads uh, bruise more easily because they've got more blood in them. It's <laughs> a good is that
0: Really, just that you can see it more clearly because your skin is very pale. Yes, usually yes. Not rocket science, that one.
1: Yeah, the. One on redhead dot com that you found. Their myth number eight is redheads can't wear orange, which is
0: <laughs> it's not even an anything. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a that's a fashion choice. It's like Anne of Green Gables going on and on about how she can't wear pink because she's got red hair, which I believe several people have proved her wrong about in the intervening years. But yeah, there's all kinds of
1: of good weird myths about redheads. Yeah, do you want to know who the first redheads were that we know of in history?
0: I mean, I'm assuming. We've found some remains of someone.
1: Yes. And they're not even humans. Are they Neanderthals? They are Neanderthals. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And this came up twice today from completely separate situations because I was listening to the new Greg Jenner podcast, mm-hmm. You're Dead to Me, which is a great podcast. I highly recommend it.
0: Oh, how, how did you hear about that one? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I may have been on episode one about another redhead. He's <laughs> not a redhead. But... Yeah, so the first redheads that we know of in history are from fifty thousand years ago. That's a growth of time. It is right at the very beginnings of time, <laughs> <laughs> and that basically a bunch of skeletons were found in a cave in Spain, and there's three men and a bunch of kids, and they have been slaughtered and cannibalized. So that's good. Oh, hmm. probably by Homo sapiens, <laughs> and. They had, because they were left in a cave and they were kind of their bones were stripped, they were remarkably well preserved and they could mm. get like DNA out of them. So, and they had a genetic marker for redheadedness. That's nice for them. It is, isn't it? It's mm. a different redheadedness to Homo sapiens redheadedness because Homo sapiens redheadedness comes from a gene on the 16th chromosome called MC1R. Mm hmm. And was identified by Jonathan Rees in 1995 at the University of Edinburgh. Well, good on him. So good for Jonathan. Don't know what he's done since. Don't know why he was bothering, but good for him. Do
0: we know, just actually, we before, and I don't know if you know this, I don't know if this is true, I just thought maybe we, before we've quite gotten off the myths track, do we know if it is true that red haired people can absorb higher levels of vitamin D than people <laughs> with darker hair and darker skin? Because that does seem like it's reasonable, right? A lot of them come from places that get darker for more portions of the year. Well, so MC1R is
1: to do with, melanin and mm-hmm. um, melanin uptake um, and if you have if you don't have it then you are you will have more melanin which means that you will have a more protection from the skin from the sun sorry uh-huh. so it would make sense that because people who have mc1r are, are very very light-skinned because they have basically less melanin mm-hmm. that they would be able to absorb more vitamin d but also more kind of cancer things yeah. so
0: swings around roundabouts <laughs> but to be fair we've had to have less worry about cancer things for most of our evolutionary history because the ozone layer was in much better shape it was doing than much it is better. right now yeah
1: it was doing a lot better so yeah, that would kind of. I mean, I suppose maybe a scientist will tell us. But maybe a, this is not science. Is sexy. No, science is mostly maths. To be honest, and maths is sexy. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, but that that is basically what causes it. it. Is you need two, both parents need to have it sitting on the little gene, which means mm-hmm. that the baby, mummy MC one and um daddy MC one come together. I don't know why I'm acting this out with my hands. <laughs> Like finger puppets. (laughs) They come together and then the two little MC1R guys sit on the chromosome and then that causes... Uh, Basically a lack of uh, melanin. It's also
0: one of those nice fun things that like, because it's recessive gene... It's the sort of thing that can pop up unexpectedly. Yeah, We've it can no leap on out on either side of the family just yeah. because they both have had this recessive gene the whole time.
1: It can leap out on you and scare you, and then that freaks <laughs> people out and they don't like it. Um, yeah. yeah, and because of those uh, skeletons, those little Neanderthal men, there is. Kind of uh, another myth is that redheadedness represents kind of leftover Neanderthal DNA. a different different situation. Um, But that is very much related to the the stories that are told and the kind of stereotypes that attach themselves to redheads throughout Western history. Mm -hmm. Or, more specifically, what we have is two lines of thought. We have redheaded men and redheaded women. Uh Yeah, And they are kind of polar opposites For a large period of time What we have in their ancient past Up until the medieval past really Is we only ever really hear about medieval men Because they didn't write about women ever Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, why would you? What do women ever do? Uh,
1: I don't know, they're just rubbish and boring Just kidding about having wombs everywhere Rubbish
0: Yeah, just sitting at home bleeding constantly Awful Um,
1: uh, Yeah, so don't really write about them Boudicca wasn't redheaded. Is that because she wasn't real? <laughs> she wasn't real. Page one, page two. <laughs> even in the ancient sources, she is blonde. They well, they call her lion-haired, which means that she is kind of a dark blonde, basically. Tony, no, no one's calling a lion ginger. Uh, like, <laughs> but, but yeah, she's not a redhead, so I was... She becomes a redhead with Elizabeth I because... Because everyone becomes a redhead with Elizabeth I. Everyone becomes a redhead, and particularly Boudicca, who gets rediscovered basically during the period of Elizabeth I and then starts, for obvious reasons, becomes a British queen standing up against foreign European invaders Mm -hmm. with flowing red hair, being a badass queen, holding back, you know... um,
0: the Romans, the Spanish Armada, all basically the same thing as far as they're concerned. I just enjoy the moment of you, a Roman scholar, confusing the Romans with the Spanish. <laughs> just for, a, no, for you, a moment there.
1: One's told about the Spanish, <laughs> one's holding about the Romans. They're all basically the same. They're like foreign swarthy <laughs> men coming to um, challenge our Virgin Queen. But what we get in the ancient past is lots and lots of redheaded men who are seen as peak barbarians.
0: Sure. Is that because the Celts had a lot of red hair and the Romans thought the Celts were barbarians?
1: Yes. So the Celts and the Gauls are to the Romans peak barbarian. And in mm-hmm. prior to that for the Greeks, the Scythians are peak barbarian. So mm-hmm. Scythians are this... In Greek writing, they are like this peak kind of warrior tribe who are mercenaries and are considered to lack any kind of culture beyond fighting mm-hmm. and are all ginger. Scythia is kind of Eurasia area, kind of Central Asia. Yeah. and And that is an area where if you look at kind of genetic maps of red hair, like Eurasia, and the Eurasian steppe is an area where you do get kind of slightly higher rates of red hair and when you see yeah. Scythian paintings of themselves on their tombs there are quite a lot of red-haired people there So is
0: that like fed down because there are um, you can get some red hair among Chinese people and amongst Polynesians still today like yeah. sometimes just popping out which is interesting apparently Polynesian it's um, in Polynesian culture it's marks high-ranking ancestors.
1: Oh, well, there you go. If you have red hair, Like, you're a fancy posh person. Yeah. Well, that's nice. The Scythians were not considered to be fancy posh people. They were considered to be the scum of the earth.
0: They might have considered some of themselves to be fancy (laughs) posh people. That's true. I think that they probably did. They were very good
1: at making weapons and fighting. And Mm. I knew basically most of what we know about them comes from the odd tomb that we found, most of which seems to have a horse with a sword in it as well suggesting that they killed their horses and they died yeah to be buried with them exactly it's a bit rude but they also but to the greeks who obviously considered themselves to be the best of everything and everything that the greeks did was the best Mm -hmm. thing that ever happened and everything that everybody else did would prove that they were not greek and therefore the scum of the earth Mm -hmm. and the scythians were considered to be the scummiest of the scum like Proper, bar- like barbarian barbarians, full barbaric, <laughs> disgusting lack of intellect, general bad character, couldn't be trusted in any kind of situation. Animalistic to a certain extent, like <laughs> borderline non-human, um, and but very very good slaves. Sure. And there is this in Greek theatre, particularly both drama and comedy, there is this these tropes of slaves of which almost all of them have red hair. So, like, foreign Interesting. slave has red hair. Your comedic, like, falling about buffoon, stupid idiot slave uh, is a redhead. Usually, your kind of thick, carrying around animalistic slave is a redhead. And there's this that kind of weird thing of that they are that redhead that either slaves are kind of associated with red hair, but also that red hair in some way
0: makes you particularly. Almost non-human. <laughs> sure. So, like, easier to
1: yeah, make, order about and
0: conquest over
1: exactly or kind of like such an inherently bad character
0: that mm-hmm. they they don't
1: deserve freedom, essentially. Sure. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> well done, humanity again. Yeah, and like whenever it pops up in things like so, there's this thing called the physiognomica. Um, Which is Mm -hmm. originally thought to be by Aristotle, but isn't. So it's just by a pseudo Aristotle. Basically, it's like, look at the fox. The fox has red hair. No one likes foxes.
0: I love foxes, (laughs) Aristotle, or not Aristotle, as the case may be. All right. Well, pseudo Aristotle and his pals were not keen on foxes. Well, they can just get fucked.
1: And his whole point is basically, you know, look at the fox. The fox is rubbish. Mm -hmm.
0: Therefore, so therefore, regular people, people, with people are, rubbish. Hair are rubbish. So that's again one of those things. I've never even heard anyone say, "Look at the bear. The bear is rubbish." So therefore, people with brown hair suck too. <laughs> no
1: one's ever said that. No one ever says that. No, no one ever is like, "Look at the stoat." No one likes a stoat. Therefore, people with blonde hair are rubbish.
0: No one has set up these things. That's this is not making any sense, pseudo Aristotle. <laughs> it's because there's only
1: two percent of people with red hair, so you mm, they easy, look at them. Easy, and, said, gone. and then, like you know, neither of their parents have got red hair. Neither of their grandparents have got red hair. Where this red hair come from? They must be a rubbisher. This must be some kind of like demonstration Trip. that they can't be trusted. Mm. Yeah. Plus, all them Scythians. We've seen the Scythians. They kill horses. <laughs> They're real weird. They're very good at fighting. We don't like them at all. Mm. A lot of them have got this red is... hair. Seems suspicious.
0: Yeah, sure. I guess so. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess so. Greeks. Um,
1: and the Romans thought very similarly about the Gauls, who also had slightly not even that like, and they just kind of claim that they have red hair. No one really knows if they do or not. You can't really, yeah. You can't trust a Roman source on anyone <laughs> other than a Roman, and even then, I'd pinch yourself. Yeah, but if they're writing about the Gauls or then they're 90% making it up. Sure. Or writing within a classical illusion or telling a story
0: that is it absolutely nothing to do with living people. They really weren't kind to us. They didn't like <laughs> the British was... at all. They thought we were shit. No, I mean, like, they were not kind to people living now who wanted to know what their lives oh, were like. No, no, they weren't <laughs> at all. Completely useless. Made it very, very difficult.
1: Yeah, really made it challenging. Um, mm. Mostly by claiming that they were telling the truth repeatedly and then obviously not. Just to keep
0: you on your toes. <laughs> sure, I mean, that does sound fun, to be fair.
1: Yeah, it does keep you on your toes, to be fair. yeah, It is good because people say things like, oh, I know this thing about how Boudicca was a redhead, and you go, oh, yes, but was Boudicca a redhead or was she really just a retelling of the story of Lucretia told through the mythological (laughs) idea of a ghoul. Uh,
0: And then everyone at the party
1: hates you. And then by the the time you've got to the end of that sentence, everybody's wandered away. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Mm. uh, Yeah, so basically these are the classical ideas of redheads, Mm. which is that they are untrustworthy, barbaric, dodgy as fuck, and certainly you wouldn't trust them in a combat situation
0: mm-hmm.
1: or in any situation. Uh, but they are very specifically talking about red-headed men there. Like, whenever mm-hmm. they're talking about it, they're like all of these allusions and things are talking about men. And that is also what we see as we move into the medieval period where things get mm-hmm. very interesting because... <laughs> I say interesting, like horrifying... Interesting. It
0: feels like Interesting we've got part, just right. two two horrible things coming together, which is on the one hand, people just don't like and don't trust people with red hair. And on the other hand, people are massively anti-Semitic. Yeah. at this point in time, those two things just crash together they, and make horrible, horrible stereotypical babies. Horrible pogrom babies, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Um, and this is fun because I had never really noticed this, but it turns out that there is this long artistic tradition particularly in continental european anti-semitism and religious art that judas is a redhead Mm -hmm. and there's all kinds of theories about why this is one of the kindest is that he's often painted as a redhead in order to make him stand out from the other apostles as if the fact that he's kissing jesus isn't standing out enough <laughs> like people might be like which yeah. one's jesus is either one kissing jesus i don't know he's they've all got brown hair it could be maybe that's
0: so it's peter having a snog i don't know kind of like a one of many classic art history things where it's like this person is holding an apple and that means that they are to be wed in the next year or something Some bullshit yeah. like that if the person has a bird flying over their head it means this thing in the symbolism of you know the time i don't know any actual things yeah, because i, I mean no. i did not study art history and if i had i would have immediately forgotten all of their rubbish yeah
1: it's like that but what we have is Judas, so it kind of comes together whereby judas is painted as redheaded and often with freckles when he in like these paintings of him betraying jesus so lots and lots of him kissing jesus in the gardens of gethsemane and um, he's got red hair or reddish hair and that probably comes from the classical idea that people with red hair are traitorous and barbarous and <laughs> trustworthy, but then it kind of comes full circle and becomes like that. Then Judas has red hair. Therefore people who are like Judas, like therefore you can say that people with red hair are like Judas and it will kind of ground yeah. in a self-reinforcing circle. Yeah. And then what you get and this, is during things like the Spanish Inquisition and the Spanish pogroms and the European pogroms of Jewish populations, red hair became linked to Judaism and this idea that red hair demonstrated a, a lack of faithfulness to Christ.
0: Logical, yeah. Yeah. Well done.
1: And red-headed Jews and red-headed converso were particularly like received even more of the brunt of anti-Semitism, but Mm. also just redheaded people in general were kind of Mm. shoved under the umbrella of not being trusted as Christian, regardless of whether they were or weren't. Cool. Which is, and then you start to get things in art and plays and literature with things like Shakespeare refers to Judas as having red hair. And mm-hmm. Shylock, like the horrible Jewish character from the *Merchant of Venice*, mm-hmm. was played by a redhead. Always, like it was a, a specific bit of casting. Yeah, note. or they would yeah. like dye their hair. Mm-hmm. And you, when you once you start to kind of look for it, you see it everywhere, right up to Fagin, who is redheaded in the book and is like described as this disgusting, twisted, le- like traitorous, untrustworthy redheaded Jew.
0: Mm-hmm. So basically, if you were reading literature and looking at art from this sort of pocket of a few hundred years, that is as much a dog whistle for anti-Semitism as something like a hooked nose still is today. Absolutely,
1: yeah. Mm. Um, And it's kind of passed out of, like, it's kind of become disconnected from the idea of Judaism and and traitorous anti-Christianity. But the idea still sort of remains of, like, like when you look at even modern art, like the thing that comes up quite regularly is um, the gingers have no souls thing from South Park. <laughs> I don't think I've seen that one. <laughs> it is an episode where Cartman is basically teasing Stan, who is Jewish, who has a, when he takes his little hood off, he has curly ginger hair. Right, And so he's taking the piss out of him. So this, like, there is still that connection there. mm Uh, He basically declaring, like, keeps insisting that gingers have no souls. Sure. And therefore gingers can never go to heaven. And obviously there is, like, there is quite a strong anti-Semitic undertone to the way that they deal with Stan quite often, particularly, like, through the Cartman voice. And so all of that comes together in South Park, which is kind of still going.
0: Yeah, who knew? Yeah. It will never die. But then through that,
1: so you get, the interesting thing about that is that that all kind of is still related to medieval ideas of red hair which goes like Judas is there's this one of the stories about Judas is that he walks the earth deathless basically because Mm. he is rejected by both heaven and hell yeah and so he becomes kind of vampiric
0: yeah there are some there are some Places where he is literally considered the first vampire. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so he becomes
1: the first vampire. And then there are all of these kind of medieval, early modern myths about redheaded vampires, like Romanian stories that redheaded people don't die; they come back as bedbugs and fleas and suck your blood while you're oh, sleeping. Man. And are kind of related to this, um, like Judas the Deathless, Judas the First Vampire kind of situation. So that's fun. Isn't it? <laughs> and yeah. we haven't
0: even talked about women yet.
1: And But we haven't even talked about women yet. Because the interesting thing with women is that it's completely the opposite. (laughs) So for men, you have this kind of... For men, you have the idea that red hair means that you're either kind of barbarically violent or deeply untrustworthy Mm -hmm. and possibly a vampire. (laughs) And definitely don't love Jesus enough to be allowed to live... So that you have all of those ideas, but combined with the idea that being particularly pale means that you are somehow bloodless and mm-hmm. weak. So they are kind of this, this tense idea of weakness with violence. But women with red hair are almost universally described from the medieval period onward, and then particularly pushing through early modern Renaissance art into modern modern, like, 19th, 20th century art as, like, the sexiest thing that ever existed, ever. Mm -hmm. So the flip side of Judas, the redhead, the classic redhead of medieval, early modern art, is sexy redhead Mary Magdalene. Yeah. Who always has her tits out.
0: Obviously. Uh, She's Mary
1: Magdalene. What else is she for?
0: She's repenting
1: all the time. She is the repentant Magdalene, and her tits are just out. What's that? It's a nipple. She is <laughs> with her hair all flowing. And just what's that, Caravaggio? Oh, it's a tit. I
0: mean, if there's one thing you could say about artists. Love, a they tip. do love a boob.
1: They do love a boob. Mm-hmm. And if you look at paintings of Mary Magdalene, like pre-Raphaelite paintings from like the kind of 16th, 17th century, you get lots of lovely paintings of Mary Magdalene like which are all called things like the repentant magdalene or magdalene in ecstasy or magdalene weeping at the cross and stuff um and she's always got her boobs out or mm-hmm. is just full nude and like splayed there's a very good one by Jules Joseph Lefebvre mm-hmm. which is lovely it's a beautiful painting a very very sexy lady who is allegedly Mary Magdalene, like lying on the cross, on the, a rock outside of the cave where Christ has been, his body has been popped before he has risen. She's weeping and wailing and she's just legs akimbo.
0: She really is, isn't she? She's
1: crawled <laughs> all the way back. All of her clothes have just fallen right off with despair.
0: She's She's got her arm over there. her face, so you don't need to worry about her having a face. You
1: don't even need to worry about what, like, looking at her face. Just a bit of chin
0: and... And some eyebrows. And That's all of, you get. A whole load of boob. Yeah. Wow.
1: I mean, it's, like, it's, it's super hot.
0: It's a very beautiful painting.
1: Yeah. And you, like, you get a lot of this. You get a lot of, like, the Titian one, all akimbo, all lovely, voluptuous, like, sexy, zaftig ladies with long, flowing, beautiful hair. All of the Rossettis with these kind of, like, beautiful women with this kind of tumbling red hair. Although Rossetti apparently was a bit weird about it, like, chased women down the street for their hair. And, yeah, a bit weird. Like, um, one of his main muses was this woman who was just a perfectly normal woman called Alice Wilding. He was just walking along the road one day and all of a sudden Rossetti, this Italian painter, comes running after her.
0: Mm-hmm. And he's like,
1: you, I love you. Your hair is so perfect. I must paint you. And she's like, yeah, all right, mate. And he's like, no, you have to come to my studio tomorrow. Come to my studio tomorrow. She does not go to his studio tomorrow because she's Smart. a sensible woman. Um, and Rossetti, being an Italian painter, like throws himself around in agonies for days and then basically like stalks the city to try and find her again. And then eventually when he does, he like jumps out of a carriage and chases her down the street again. And is like, get in my carriage now. I'm going to paint you. At which point she is all right. Please don't murder me. I will get in your carriage. It's like uh, not
0: the real life artist version of that, of being with and perfume.
1: Yes. A bit. <laughs> yeah. He's just chasing these poor women around. And then he paints her lots and paints all of these other women because he is Elizabeth Gaskell wrote about him and said that he she was that he was just mad about hair
0: that he was like slightly <laughs> fetishistic about it and that he was. This <laughs> is the thing. It is does seem like it. Like red hair is. A, I mean, it's a it is a proper fetish for some people, um, and it's weird. Like I mean, fetish. I don't want to kink shame you. Like you like what you like, but like. That, but here is on a real living human being who may not want to participate.
1: <laughs> yeah, and there's, like, a poor old Alice who became, like, a professional sort of model and changed her name to Alexa. But, like, she was just pottering around, living her life, yeah, and then all of a sudden this Italian dude came flying at her and stole her, essentially. It's just not on. But what you see in them when you look at all of these paintings, by all of these painters for, like, 300 years, is... Sexy, sexy ladies who always have their hair down or tumbling out, usually Mm -hmm. have a tit out, are quite often a fallen woman or representing a fallen woman in some way. So they're often uh, Mary Magdalene or they're Mm -hmm. Lilith, who is the the weird thing about Adam's first wife,
0: who was too uppity. So she was cast out of, do you Mm -hmm. know Lilith? I know a little bit about Lilith. Okay. Um, I think it's more a Jewish tradition than a Christian one, so it I don't is. know a huge amount. It's quite I first a good one. Heard about her in um, the magician. I think she's mentioned in the Magician's nephew. Yes, or or maybe in the, no no maybe it is in the line the Witch in the Wardrobe. She's a. I think weird. maybe the beavers describe her as. Describe the white witches that descended from Lilith.
1: So the idea is that there's two versions of the creation of women in Genesis. So one Mm -hmm. says that man and woman were created equal and the other says that woman was created from Adam's rib.
0: I wonder why we chose (laughs) the second one. And so
1: from that, like from those two sentences, an entire Jewish tradition developed that the first one describes the creation of Lilith who mm. believed that she was too equal to Adam and was cast out of Eden and became a witch. And she's like the original witch who kind mm. of walks work. Well. And then the second one is Eve, who knows her proper fucking place. So they've got lots of paintings of Lilith with red hair. Mm-hmm. And obviously she's quite sexy Yeah. during the kind of mm, eight, like 18th, 19th, 20th, 19th century. And you get lots of Magdalene's and you get lots of Helen's of Troy kind mm-hmm. of with a boob. Deep and sad face and tumbly hair. And they're all these kind of women who are super sexy and a bit tragic and a bit mythological or supernatural in some way, but are all like the sexy lady that you can't quite have or Mm. the overly passionate woman or... They are feeling a lot of feelings. So Magdalene is repentant and she's or she's in agony. So she's like wailing or screaming or looking agonized in some fashion. Mm. And they are all women who are this is where I've got a bit overexcited. (laughs) (laughs) They are all basically women who are not women that, you know, in real life, like the women that, you know, in real life have the hair in a bun and wear a big dress and traipse about being boring, normal women and talking about boring normal stuff whereas these women in the paintings or the women that you chase down the street and coerce into being your muse are women with this magical red hair that tumbles and falls Mm. and also their boobs are out and they don't even mind about it because they're so sexy Uh, and they are just so like voluptuous and passionate and cool and they're like totally great (laughs) in bed and you don't even have to deal with the fact that they're real because you painted them. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what you yeah. get mm-hmm. if you're a girl with red hair. Yeah cool you get things like people here's some fun stuff that people write we cannot rely on female redheads to embrace the stereotyped qualities of femaleness sweetness docility and politeness (laughs) we imagine them giving to vent to what we keep harnessed
0: so you're either gonna go you have a massive temper and you're very very intersex yeah lows intersex Mm. yes one of the myth
1: ones that you found here we go how to be a redhead.com mm-hmm. and yes. I, I have not chased this up so maybe i should have the university of hamburg apparently conducted a study into german women's sex lives and found that redheads are more quote-unquote active than participants of other hair colors <laughs> <laughs> Sure that <they, sure. laughs> yeah yeah i don't really know how they measured active but there you go But that is kind of what you get. Like if you're a woman with red hair, then everyone's like, oh, you must be a sexy lady.
0: Yeah, you're basically Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. And so
1: the book that a lot of this is drawn from, which is the only book on the subject, is by Jackie Collis Harvey, and it's called Red, The Natural History of the Redhead. Mm -hmm. And something that she points out um, is that in modern Hollywood uh, and kind of television what you have is a lot of women who are not natural redheads who dye their hair red and mm. make it part of their kind of sexy sexiness so people like Rita Hayworth and people like what's the woman who's Joan from Mad Men what's her name Christina Hendricks yes yeah, not a natural redhead she's blonde is she not no she's mm. a natural blonde who dyes her hair red but as the redhead she has that kind of voluptuousness
0: mm. that she does also have them things. Let's not pretend it's all I about mean, the she hair. Does, but if she was She's... a blonde in that mm. get
1: like in those outfits, then she would come across very differently than she does as a redhead. Yeah. And she died, like she dyes her hair red for that reason. But what you, on the other end of the scale is what you have is men who are natural redheads who mostly dye their hair a different color. Interesting. So lots of men like, Benedict Cumberbatch and things are natural redheads, but they dye their hair darker. Mm. Because it is a specific kind of sexy sex thing for ladies, but a specific kind of not sexy thing (laughs) for men. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. And you get a kind of specific, like, jessica rabbitiness from yeah a sexy female redhead but you will find that michael fassbender dies his hair red when he's doing dies his hair not red when he's doing a sexy role mm.
0: interesting yeah um and which is sad because maybe if some of the sexy men left their hair red then people would start thinking that red hair men were sexier than they currently think it is yeah they could be redefining it yeah but very few
1: of them do I suspect, mm. you know, they just get shouted at by producers or whatever. It's
0: probably true.
1: The one time in history, or in Western history anyway, that they didn't was during the reign of Elizabeth I, who kind of made red hair cool.
0: Because royals tend to do that. Whatever a royal does, everyone will do. Everyone wants to um, do it. So, And the fun thing about hair,
1: which, again, I hadn't really thought about before, because I tend not to think about the Tudors very often, is that largely what Elizabeth I was wearing was wigs. Mm. Like, she had extremely elaborate hair a lot of the time. Yeah. And also, obviously, we only have paintings. Yeah. But her red hair was very much a part of the image and the brand of Elizabeth I. They became yeah. an incredibly strong part of her branding. But it was very much a choice because what she is wearing is wigs. And she could but have she- chosen wigs of any colour
0: she cuz Harry the eighth had reddish hair too right like yes, she not did. as red as sh- she did but like it's st- she may have been a natural redhead and then wore w- wigs she could so have- she could have elaborate hair that wasn't her own, like, her own hair so the
1: one of the suggestions particularly Jackie Harvey's suggestion is that obviously Elizabeth I was declared illegitimate she's the daughter of Anne Boleyn and she was mm-hmm. declared to be illegitimate And was kind of abandoned for a long time. And both her siblings became, she was like the last resort tutor. (laughs) I'm going to make a Roman joke. She's the Tiberius of her generation. (laughs) Well, all you people out there who know about the Augustan succession, laughing your tits off right now. (laughs) And therefore, her suggestion is that her like very strong embrace of the red hair is a very strong um, demonstration that she is Henry VIII's daughter, mm-hmm. and a repudiation of, of accusations of illegitimacy. Right. But nonetheless, it is a very strong choice that she makes and a, yeah. a very particular choice that she makes to be redheaded and other people then copy her including men who dye their beards um and obviously Uh it's the tudor period so they all make extremely terrible choices and they're doing it with sulfuric acid but (laughs) very bad yeah yeah Uh, they must have just been dropping like flies like
0: just yeah Added to that, the lead on the faces not great. Lead on their faces. The arsenic in the dresses.
1: Sulfuric acid in the beards. The like their faces must have been melting off. The time.
0: Horrible time to try and be fashionable. Absolutely dreadful.
1: Uh, like they must have just smelled of like rotting skin and like just hanging about and bits of hair floating off of people as they're trying to walk around. Anyway, <laughs> but she made. Everybody wanted to be like Elizabeth because after she overcame her difficult early years. She She was very popular. She was enormously popular. Everybody Mm. wanted to be like her. And everybody, even the men wanted to have her think that, I don't know, I don't, I'll be honest, if I was the queen and then all of a sudden all the men around me started like dyeing their beards, my hair colour, my mousy brown hair (laughs) (laughs) colour, I'd be a bit like these people are gross suck-ups or please don't let them near me. And notably, like the one that she fancied the very most, as far as I'm aware, never dyed his beard. But, mm. but yeah, I would be a bit weirded out by
0: it if everybody around me started copying me. Yeah, I don't think I'd enjoy it. But then I wasn't
1: wasn't raised to be a queen, so
0: that is true.
1: Maybe you assume if you're raised to be a queen, you assume that that's what everybody will do because you're like, well, I am. Yeah, of course. Like in Blackadder, who's
0: queen? Yeah. Exactly. That iteration of Queen Elizabeth definitely was okay with it. She'd be great with it. She is she loved it. my definitive version of Queen Elizabeth. She's amazing. Miranda Richardson is incredible.
1: Yeah. The bit where she asked Blackadder if his wife-to-be's nose is prettier than hers and says she'd have to <laughs> cut it off if it wasn't. I'm like, yeah, it seems like something that yeah. Elizabeth would do. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like the... I'm having a total blank on the name of the guy that she totally fancied, whose wife she possibly killed, but never actually married. Him. Dudley. Dudley. Thank you. Yeah. Like when she employed him as like the person who helps her onto her horse, so yeah. like he touched her bum all the time. Mm. And like reasonable makes sense. Yeah, and was always yeah. inviting him into the bedroom to like as she was getting out of bed and having meetings with him as she was kind of rolling around in a nighty. <laughs> Not subtle. No. And I do just imagine her as a Miranda Richardson <laughs> and uh Flash Heart like pulling her hair
0: down. Yeah. Yeah. Well if that is the case, I do if she was like Miranda Richardson, I hope she was secretly getting as late as she wanted to be behind the scenes. The you know? Because that iteration definitely
1: I hope fucked. she was. I mean, yeah, no, Miranda Richardson Fox. Mm. But I, I hope that Elizabeth got laid loads by Dudley.
0: Yeah hope she had a great
1: time. Yeah. Right. I'm going to do one more quote, one more good Mm -hmm. fact, which I didn't get in. And this comes back to the terrible bit, unfortunately.
0: Okay. But
1: there was a period in the 13th and 14th century where freckles in German were known as Judas Dreck. (laughs) Not great. It's not great because it means Judas shit.
0: Very bad. Very bad. Yep. Very bad. Yep, not a fan of that. No.
1: Um well so that is why and once you get to the end of all of that, you're like, oh, fair enough you have a festival, like
0: Yeah, maybe you deserve one. Have a festival, go for it. There's yeah. not that many
1: of you. Your hair yeah. is lovely. I'm sure It is lovely. So you're all great. Yeah. Sorry about how the whole of Western history hated you. <laughs> <laughs> I blame the Greeks personally. Yeah. Same. But you blame them for a lot. I do blame them for a lot, it's because they're bastards. But <laughs> the Romans are bastards too. But I feel like with this one, it's the Greeks way more than it's the Romans. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then so much of like the, you know, all of these ideas come from classical ideas and loads of it is just like working out the impact of bloody pseudo Aristotle and Aristophanes, weirdly enough. Sure. And, you know, all these terrible ideas are all working their way through medieval Christianity. Yeah. And they were bastards too. They were bastards. Uh, Just a lot of people being really shit. Yeah, people are mean. People are horrible. Yeah.
0: Do you think that answered the question? I hope so. I hope so. We've got a nice <laughs> question next time. We do. Well, you know, obviously a more complicated than it seems question, but a reasonably nice
1: question. Having said that, we said before we recorded that this was a nice question and now I feel like people are rubbish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a, always comes down to it. Some, on some level... It's going to be people are rubbish. I mean, it's usually people are rubbish or people are complicated. One of those two. Yeah, one, one or both. This had quite a lot of sexy
1: ones, though. Like a load yeah, of there tests. was.
0: we talked about boobs for like 10 minutes. so.
1: I really do. If you want to see like a real sexy painting, then do maybe look we, that Jules Joseph we'll um, February one up. Yeah, I'll might put it on our coffee. I'll put it on the coffee and I'll put it on the Twitter. Mm. But because it's, it's pretty damn hot.
0: It is very hot. Also, again, beautiful painting. Be- oh. A beautiful painting. Stunning work of art. Just of a very naked woman. She's super naked. No She's idea so what it's got to do with
1: Jesus or anything, but it's banging. Yeah, uh, <laughs> A plus erotic
0: work <laughs> so it's got that going for us <laughs> yeah.
1: what question are we doing next time Janina?
0: so next week we have a question from Lena Hacker which is why was New Zealand so quick to give women the vote is it true that the first ever woman to be voted into the Houses of Parliament never took her seat and why the fuck did it take Appenzel, Inner hood until 1990 to give women the vote women voting
1: yeah. i voting. I'll tell you what is going to like this one because he loves talking about how the first ever woman to be voted into the Houses of Parliament was an Irish woman who refused to take a seat. And Constance Markievicz is brilliant.
0: She is brilliant and she keeps getting looked over in favour of the horrible Nazi. In favour of a Nazi, yeah. Mm.
1: when you could be going with a badass freedom fighter anyway yeah that's for next so, time
0: yeah next time we probably will do some ranting about a horrible nazi and some raving about constance markowitz and talking about how the irish are erased from british history uh, uh, yeah or maybe
1: i'll get connor upstairs and he can talk about it. <laughs> it'll be just six hours of connor drinking and <laughs> 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 look out it'll for brilliant. special <laughs> all right janina where can people find us
0: they can find us on Twitter at I've forgotten our handle. It's been such a long time. Wait, one second. Sexy, sexy History, history pod. pod. Yeah.
1: Or on the email at sexyhistorypod at gmail.com. Or on the Facebooks at
0: sexy without the e history pod. Or on coffee at bitly slash support sexy history. Yes. I had to buy a
1: book this week because this is the only book that exists on this subject (laughs) and that kofi helped me buy this book so thank you to everyone who has contributed to it yeah thank you and you can find you at j9 and if and you can find you at nuclear teeth and you can find oliver who will edit this into something coherent at at that's everything that's all of the places so many places
0: yeah. Yeah. And um, listen to You're Dead to Me because it's yeah. really good. And yeah, I do it. it's I still have only listened to a couple of the episodes, but they were they banked. They were great. It's a great it was a good one great podcast I listened to you today, which was about Neanderthals
1: with a nice, oh, nice. Neanderthal expert lady and Tim Minchin. Delightful. <laughs> a delightful redhead. Yeah. Yeah. He's quite sexy. He does do the white dread thing, which I'm against just fundamentally on every level. But apart from that
0: He's Australian that you know got to make allowances they don't understand they don't understand they don't understand bless them bless them (laughs) they'll get that
1: all right janina next till next time we'll talk about how good new zealand is hurrah my
0: favorite (laughs) bye bye